this is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. This is Boris Epstein. We're in War Room Battleground, and today is definitely a battleground day. It is my honor. My honor to be here sitting in for Stephen K. Bannon, the one and only Honey honey Badger, who's going to continue his fight, continue standing for the Constitution, continue standing with the MAGA movement for this war room posse under the leadership of President Donald J. Trump. Today is a big day, and it is a win, a win for war room, a win for the MAGA posse, because it is another very clear statement of just how corrupt, how crooked the today's criminal justice is, that criminals are let out, free, let out to go. And Stephen K. Bannon, who did absolutely nothing wrong, is convicted in a D.C. jury. We all we all know about, about that jury pool. Absolutely uh, going to be an appeal. And Steve Bannon is going to continue and take his fight all the way up to the Supreme Court if he has to, to prove that Americans have the right to stand up to a kangaroo court, to a sham committee, which is exactly what this J- January 6th nonsense nonsense charade is let's bring in mike davis an expert of constitutional law and article two project mike how are you i'm doing well how are you doing good my friend good thank you so much for coming with us uh let's talk about the verdict your immediate response well i mean it's a predictable verdict it's predicted you have a dc jury pool that's 95 percent democrat the other five percent of non-democrats are trump deranged uh, we have a uh, we have a January 6th commission working hand in glove with the Biden Justice Department. They're going to do everything everything they can to get Donald Trump, and that includes going after uh, Stephen K. Bannon. There is a major legal error that happened in this case, and that is that Stephen Bannon was not allowed to present evidence that President Trump asserted executive privilege in this case that precluded Bannon from cooperating with the January 6th commission. That is a total defense, it's a complete defense. The Supreme Court in 1977 held in a a Nixon case that former presidents can assert executive privilege even after they leave office. And the Office of Legal Counsel, the general counsel for the Justice Department, it's binding on the executive branch. Uh, It uh, had an opinion in 2007 that you don't have to be a White House aide for the president to assert executive privilege. So even though Bannon had left the White House, he was still an outside presidential advisor. And this judge uh, erred as a matter of law. This is It should have been a mistrial. Uh, the D.C. Circuit should reverse this these uh, findings of guilt because the judge refused to allow S- Stephen Bannon to put on a defense that President Trump asserted executive privilege, which we've had for 250 years going back to George Washington. The whole point of executive privilege is so the president can have candid discussions with his presidential advisors without having to worry about being dragged into a separate branch of, of government. And that is exactly what Mike, happened here with the January 6th Commission. Mike Davis, constitutional law scholar, Supreme Court clerk, founder, president of the Article Three Project. Mike, what happens now? Walk, walk the audience through what the next steps are. Apparently, sensing has been set for all the way October 23rd. 
which is you know, obviously a, a long time. What is the process from here through the appeal, through the sentencing, if there has to be one even during the appeal and on? So remember, this is a finding of guilt by a jury. This is not a conviction yet. What has to happen is, is there are post-trial motions, and I presume that uh, Steve's attorneys will file post-trial legal motions saying that you did not allow us to assert our legal defense, that President Trump asserted executive privilege, and I could not cooperate with the commission. So therefore, as a matter of law, I could not have been found guilty of contempt of Congress here. And then the judge will have to consider that if the judge moves forward and uh, convicts him and sentences uh, Steve Bannon. He faces up to two years in prison, one year for each of the two contempt uh, findings of guilt. And then Steve can appeal to the D.C. Circuit. Unfortunately, President Obama stacked the D.C. Circuit with with liberals, with left-wing activists. And so the, the Supreme Court has discretionary review in almost all cases. They don't have to hear cases. But this is such an important case uh, for the presidency, just think about this, that future presidents are going to be hamstrung by this this boneheaded decision by the January 6th commission and this boneheaded decision by the Bud Biden Justice Department to pursue these charges against Bannon because it's going to have a tremendously chilling effect on future presidents. Remember, President Biden, who's you know not the smartest president we've ever had, he's he's going to face a Republican House in January. He's going to fa likely face a Republican Senate in January. He's he just threw out executive privilege in order to get Trump, and that's going to come back and bite President Biden in the butt. Mike, what are the chances? Now, the, the D.C. Circuit, obviously, is also a liberal circuit. There's no two ways about it. It's where Merrick Garland came from, Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson, uh, you know, now Justice uh, Ketanji Brown-Jackson came from. You know, what are the chances that that the D.C. Circuit, even though Judge Nichols actually said that the the law he was basing his decisions on is bad law, completely, you know, tying himself into knots, what are the chances that the D.C. Circuit actually does the right thing? Or is there no way that happens that it has to go to the Supreme Court to be resolved? It's so it's so unlikely just because these are not traditional liberals on the D.C. Circuit who want to follow the rule of law. These are leftists. These are Obama appointed leftists who want to win at all costs. So it looks like this will have to go to the Supreme Court. I hope the Supreme Court grants cert discretionary review on this case just because it's so important. This is so much bigger than Donald Trump or Steve Bannon. This is about the presidency and the ability of the president to operate in secret, which is what the what, what our founders want. That's what the Constitution requires under the separation of powers so the president can do his job and rely on a wide variety of advisors, both inside the White House and outside of the White House. And if a president thinks that that can just get thrown out the window by the next president, it's going to have a tremendously chilling effect on the president's ability to do his job. Do you think, Mike, that you know, any semblance of law and order and correct criminal justice has been followed in this case up to now, you know, based on what you know what happened in the courtroom, decisions by this judge, or has it just been a total and complete joke? It's a joke. I mean, this is, I, look, I served, uh, I served as the chief counsel for nominations on the Senate Judiciary Committee. I ran 30 hearings. I run 41 markup meetings, including for Supreme Court nominees, lower court nominees, uh, this is unprecedented what the Justice Department is doing here. I, remember, I ran the Kavanaugh confirmation where Michael Avenatti and his sleazebag client obstructed the congressional investigation. Chairman Chuck Grassley, my former boss, 
made uh, four criminal referrals uh, in, in, in that matter. The Justice Department did not even respond to his letters, yet the Justice Department is now working hand in glove. The Biden Justice Department is working hand in glove with the Democrats and the Trump deranged rhinos on the January 6th Kangaroo Commission to get Steve Bannon after he asserted a valid claim of executive privilege. And this judge just completely screwed up uh, as a matter of law by not allowing Steve Bannon to present his defense that Trump clearly unquestionably asserted executive privilege in this case as evidenced by President Trump's July 9th letter. Mike Davis, founder and president of the Article 3 Project. Where can people find you? You're putting up all kinds of information. We're breaking this case down. I'm sure you have reaction after reaction after reaction. You're engaging with the crazy leftist media, letting them know what the truth is. How can people locate you? I appreciate that. It's article3project.org, article3project.org. I'm at article3project, at article3project on Twitter and Getter. And my personal, where I'm more fiery, is MRD. D-M-I-A, M-R-D-D-M-I-A, that's my initials in Des Moines, Iowa. And thank you for having me on, and uh, we need to keep fighting for Steve. No doubt about it. We've got to keep fighting for Steve. We've got to keep fighting for this country. Mike, thanks so much. God bless you. Stay strong out there. We all know you will. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Folks, here's why this is all happening. It's happening because the 2020 election was rigged and stolen. There's no two ways about it, no doubt about it. We know it from the audit that was done in Arizona. We know it from the information in Georgia. We know it from the reviews and 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 in-depth, in-depth facts that have come out of Pennsylvania and the ongoing fight there to get to the bottom of it through a f- full forensic investigation. Nowhere is that clearer than in the beautiful great state of Wisconsin, where in an audit done in December of 2020, 200,000 unlawful ballots were unturned in just the Joaquin Dane counties, which is where Madison, Wisconsin is. And now the fight there is continuing. The fight there is keeping up. The fight there is staying strong. And Janelle Branchard, who's the chairwoman of the Assembly Committee on Campaigns and Elections, has just joined Tim Rampton, Representative Tim Rampton, in a resolution to go ahead and reclaim, to reclaim the, the, the 2020 electors, the 10 Wisconsin electors, because of the overwhelming fraud that's been proven by the audit that was done and also has been proven by the work of Judge Mike Gableman and the information that he's that he's offered. Representative Branchen, Chairman Branchen, are you with us? I am. Good morning. Or I should say good afternoon. Forgive me. Good good afternoon. It's been a long day. It's been a fast day. Talk to <laughs> us. Talk to us about this resolution that you're joining on with and what made you as the chairwoman of the of the election and campaign committee, what made you join on to this vital resolution? Well, you know, we have in Wisconsin endured uh, persons who declared themselves indefinitely confined. Uh, We have endured the new case that we got out of the Supreme Court of Wisconsin with drop boxes. We have the issue with special voting deputies being kept out of our senior facilities. So we have fair elections for those who may have issues making decisions about elections. And then finally, you know, here we are. And I think you heard the news from Wisconsin as of yesterday that our Wisconsin Election Commission has made the decision that they are no longer going to follow the laws of the legislature. And they are in turn telling clerks, yeah, go ahead. You can cure ballots and that will work out fine. Even though we had a hearing on Wednesday that made it incredibly clear that no, that that is not an emergency rule we're going to implement. 
right before the election. Our Wisconsin Election Commission feels that they are beyond the legislature. And that is a, a point as, as the legislature and the Senate and the Assembly. If we don't act, if we don't make these motions to stop the process, these administrative agencies are going to run over the legislature. They have now declared that they have more power than the legislature, the people that are closest to you, the people that have your voice. They are stepping over us and declaring themselves as true tyrants. And the reason that I have signed on is because I don't see a process going into the 2022 election where we can guarantee that the rule book, the rules of how we carry out elections are going to be fouled unless there is the threat of a new election or the fact that we're going to take away the electors because at this point, they are a completely lawless group. Janelle, what is the impact of this of this resolution? Where does it go from here? Right now, are, you know, are other members of the assembly, members of the state senate, going to be signing on? Obviously, to have impact, to have effect, to have um, that's what we need. How does that how does that happen? How, how do we get that done? You know, I, well, obviously, you have the power to reach out to in Wisconsin to your senators and your assembly folks. Yes, I mean, have your voice, be there because. What we saw this week from the Wisconsin Election Commission, they are going to be lawless. And who knows, two weeks before the election for governor, what they're going to come up with at that point. We, what rules are they going to try to trick clerks into fouling versus the legislature? It is important that your voice is heard, and it's important that you're active, that you understand the issues at hand. Like I said, we have multiple issues in the state of Wisconsin where we can clearly point to and say, listen, those ballots were not treated fairly from one part of the state to the other. This is, I mean, without fair elections, our republic falls. And it is up to you as a citizen to make sure that you are engaged in this fight. Do you think it's realistic to, to, to expect enough members of the Assembly and of the Senate to sign on here for this, for this resolution to actually you know, take effect? And for the electors to be reclaimed, because here's the deal, right? A lot of people are going to come out and say, "Well, you know, it's impossible." But here's what here's what is truly illegal and truly impossible: what the WEC is doing, what the WEC, Wisconsin Election yes. Commission is doing, because under Article Two, it is the purview of the state legislatures, your purview, to run elections in your state. How do we cure that? Is it realistic to get enough uh, uh, members of the Assembly and the Senate to sign on and get? This resolution passed because it does not need a signature from the governor. This is fully in the power of the state legislature. It is and fully in the power of the legislature. And that's why it's so important that A, your voice is heard and B, more importantly, that now is the time. I mean, WEC has just proven, Megan Wolf and the Wisconsin Election Commission has proven that they are going to be a lawless group. And so knowing that this is two weeks before the primary, we now know who, who knows what other things are going to be are, they're going to propose just by basically going in their computer and reaching out to clerks. I feel sorry for the clerks in the state of Wisconsin. They are now between the legislature and the Wisconsin Election Commission. But we as a legislator must regain our power that were given to us by the people and by a constitution that makes sure that we are the ones that are making the rule book and we are the ones to say, and hold this unaccountable agency at this point, make sure that they're being held to a process that is fair throughout the state. And you know what? It all starts 
couple phone calls. It is all possible in the sense that, um, you know, if it's a writ of mandamus, they have to be held to a higher measure. And at this point, this lawless group cannot continue if you want to hold on to the republic, not just for yourself, but for the next generation. No doubt about it. We have to hold on to the republic. Representative Branchin, you've been fighting, you've been on the front lines of this in Wisconsin and really all, all across the country, okay? What should the War Room Posse be doing? Should they be reaching out to other members of the Assembly, to other members of your committee, to members of the Senate? What can the War Room Posse do to give you, to give Representative Rampton and others the support needed to get this across the finish line and to show that there is a cure when elections are rigged and stolen in this country, that it doesn't just go in the abyss. And I'll tell you this, you know, there are a lot of attorneys that say, well, it's nowhere in the Constitution. But that's not how the Constitution works. The Constitution is a negative rights document. If it is not prohibited, it is allowed. What should the war policy be doing? What should it be focusing on as we go into next week? I know you're, Tim Rampton, and you are planning an event either Monday, it may, may get pushed back by a couple of days. What are your, you know, what should our people be doing as you develop your plans? Well, I think the most important thing people realize is pay attention. I mean, now is the time to, to see what our Wisconsin Election Commission is willing to do to take away your right to vote. They're so willing to have one group be able to correct ballots, even though they aren't made out correctly. In the state of Wisconsin, it is a right to vote on Election Day, but it's a privilege to vote early or to be able to vote by mail. And so it is your responsibility to make sure you carry out the ballot correct. And the reason for that is to limit fraud. And, you know, that's what we saw in 2020. We saw a lot of groups take advantage of loopholes. And for your voice to be heard, reach out to your representative, reach out to your senators and say, when is enough enough? When am I going to make sure that I'm going to be heard at the ballot? When am I going to make sure that my voice is heard? And if you don't, the, the reality is, I don't think you could come up with more tyranny than we have right now with the Wisconsin Election Commission saying, hey, listen, we've got the rules for you, legislature, sit down, pound sand, because, you know, we're going to take care of that for you. Representative Janelle Branchin, Chairwoman Janelle Branchin, thank you so much for your leadership. Thank you so much for your fight. How can people find you? What are your coordinates? How do they follow your vital, important work? And to the posse, get on the phones, get on your emails, color within the lines, but color boldly and let your representatives know what you need them to do, what you require them to do, and what they have to do. Representative Branchin, how do people locate you? Um, you can certainly reach me at uh, Rep Branchin. Uh, dot com b-r-a-n-d-t-j-e-n you can reach me there you can also vote janelle you can reach me as well so this is your chance to be heard and listen it, the republic is one of the most important things to all of us we're going to have to work together to make this happen representative chairwoman janelle branchett thank you so much god bless you godspeed in this vital fight and stay strong thanks so much for coming on thank you that is a MAGA elected official folks. That is a MAGA fighter, Representative Branchin. That is somebody who's a honey badger all of our own, okay? Tim Rampton doing great work over there in Wisconsin. We've got him all across the country. And one vital MAGA fighter is Jim Marshawn running for Secretary of State in Nevada, the Republican nominee, the MAGA nominee for Secretary of State in the beautiful great state of Nevada. And also, he is the key person behind the SOS Coalition, the Secretary of State for America Coalition. Jim Marshall, how are you? Hi, Boris. How are you? Great to see you. Great to be on uh, yours and Steve's show today. 
Hey, it's Steve's show. I'm just honored to be here as a guest host for the Honey Badger. He's fighting like hell. He's giving them all hell. I know. You're, Jim. You're, yeah. You're very important, too. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it so much. Yeah. Jim, thanks for coming on. Talk to us about your race and talk to us about the coalition. You've had some major developments, I understand, in terms of broadening it, spreading the word in the last couple of days. Talk to us and give us all the information that, that the posse needs to follow and support. Yeah, uh, first of all, um, uh, following uh, Janelle's uh, segment right there, I can tell you what the main problem is in, in Wisconsin that she probably smartly wouldn't say is their speaker, Robin Voss. He's the one that's blocking everything up there. So I would urge anybody that's in Wisconsin, Wisconsin that's listening to this, uh, get a hold of Voss. He's the one that's uh, blocking everything up there. We've got a coalition member up there, Jay Schroeder, uh, who's our uh, Secretary of State candidate there. Uh, as you know, Tim Rantham is running for governor there. He, is, uh, he understands what we're doing and what needs to be done in Wisconsin. And uh, one of the things that we're trying to do in Wisconsin is return the authority of elections to an elected official and get rid of the uh, Wisconsin Election Commission. And, uh, and, and I think that's the way it should be everywhere. I think South Carolina is like that, and there are a few others. Uh, it needs to be an elected official that can be fired. And that's the problem. Uh, why we have the problem we have in Wisconsin is because of the uh, commission that is not elected. And we need to change that here. So I would urge everybody in Wisconsin to get on board with that. So uh, yeah, as far as our coalition, uh, we're doing great. Uh, we're holding summits all over the country still. We're, um, uh, we've got uh, now uh, merchandising on our website where we're selling uh, hats and shirts that uh, you know, make, make elections uh, safe again, make elections fair again. So uh, we're going to blow this out and try to um, help raise some money for our coalition. So I'd urge everybody to do that. Go to our website. SOS for America. That's SOS, the number for America.com. And, uh, you know, buy our shirts and, and hats there. And we're going to have other merchandise uh, shortly that's going to, uh, we're going to add to it. So, yeah, so that's what we're doing. We've got a movement that's uh, very important to our country. And uh, Janelle's right. Uh, you know, our republic is in danger right now. And the reason is, is because of what George Soros and Harry Reid did back in 2004 when they purposefully uh, selected liberal secretaries of state to run in, in key states around the country, and they got elected in 2006, they implemented the machines, and we're in the shape we're in today because of that. And our coalition is countering reversing that. We're trying to get uh, uh, coalition members that all we want is fair and transparent elections, that's it. We're not trying to tilt the playing field in our favor or anybody's favor. We just want the, the people's uh, voice to be heard around the country. And that's what we're doing. I love that, Jim. It's so important, so vital. Talk to us. How did the coalition start? I mean, it's you, it's Mark Fincham, and so many others. How did you start the coalition? SOS, number four, America.com, Memphis, if you can get it up uh, as soon as you can, please, that'd be great. Jim, tell us about the yeah. genesis of the, the, you know, the beginning of this coalition and where you see it going in the near and long-term future. Yeah, so as uh, you know, and, and if people don't know, I ran for Congress in 2020 and, and did not win. And I believe it was because of 
election fraud. And I started uh, the process immediately, Jan uh, November 4th, trying to expose what they did and, uh, and let everybody know how it happened and try to keep it from happening again. So uh, I, I you know, filed lawsuits. I worked with President Trump's team to uh, uncover this. And we, we had 122,000 anomalies here in Nevada that we submitted to the Secretary of State. And basically that went nowhere because uh, we have people in office, not only here, but all over the country that are basically part of the uniparty. They're Democrats in Republican clothing and they don't do anything. So they're for whatever reason, whether they're bought and paid for or they just believe uh, in the Democratic values. Uh, so that's our problem. So anyway, after the election, uh, I was approached by some people that uh, are MAGA. Uh, type people, they said, uh, you know, what are you, what are you going to do? Are you going to run for Congress again? And I told them, yes, I was thinking about that. And they said, well, would you consider running for Secretary of State? And the reason is they finally figured out, and this is the the, the MAGA community, uh, figured out that we need to do what Harry Reid and George Soros and their group did back in 2004 and concentrate on the Secretary of State races. Um, I contend that the Secretary of State races around the country right now are the most important races in the country. And the reason is we control the election system. We need to get back to fair and transparent elections so we can save our republic. So uh, that's kind of what happened. So I ran for Secretary of State. And they also asked me uh, to put together a coalition very similar to what Harry Reid and George Soros did. And that's what I've done. So this was in February of 21. We had our inaugural meeting in May 1st of 21. Uh, it was Mark Fincham, myself, Christina Caramo, Michigan, Jody Heights, Georgia, and Rachel Ham, California. That's that was a the power group. Right there. That's What's a power that? group. That's a power group. Jim, I'm going to hold you over uh, over the break, please. Jim Marshall okay. running for the Secretary of State in Nevada. Absolutely vital for him to be the next Secretary of State so Nevada cannot be stolen from us in 24 and beyond. And he is the key force behind that coalition, SOS4America.com, SOS4America.com. We'll be right back. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplug Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. 
Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Solti. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroom Health, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today. Check it out. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay. David Schoen's going to talk here in a second about exactly what, for what the jury heard, they came to their conclusion, right, about what was put on in, the, in, in that courtroom. David Schoen's going to talk to you about our appeals process. But listen, in the closing argument, the, the prosecutor missed one very important phrase, right? I stand with Trump and the Constitution, and I will never back off that, ever. This didn't seem like David. the misdemeanor from hell, Mr. Bannon. What happened? I thought it was pretty good help. This is round one. That's yeah. what happened. Uh, Stay tuned. This is a bulletproof appeal. Uh, I, have you ever in another case seen a judge six times say in the case that he thinks the standard uh, for willfulness is wrong? He said it doesn't comport with modern jurisprudence. He said it doesn't comport with the standard, tradi- uh, the traditional definition. Uh, but he said he feels his hands were bound by, the de- uh, by a 1961 decision. You will see this case reversed on appeal. You will see all of these resources, three federal prosecutors, four FBI agents from misdemeanor are being wasted. Um, you cannot find another crime in which uh, misdemeanor or felony in which a person is convicted without believing or knowing or having reason to believe he or she did anything wrong. That's the standard that was applied in this case. The government said from the start, the standard they were urging on the court was, was Bannon subpoenaed and did Bannon show up? Doesn't matter his reasons. They won the case, maybe in closing today. They lost their appeal in closing today. The overreaching by the government in this case has been extraordinary on every level. But shame on this office of the United States Attorney's Office and the Department of Justice for how far it went in this case. They put forward an argument today that completely tears asunder constitutional principle of separation of powers. They argued to the jury today 
that when a person gets a subpoena, an executive privilege is invoked. It's for Congress to decide whether the executive privilege is valid and how broad it is. That's absolutely false. The courts, if there's a question whether the question is judiciable in court, but if it is, only the courts can be the arbiter. They liken today Congress to a referee on a playground field with uh, children and that Mr. Bannon didn't want to listen to the referee. That's not how our constitutional structure works. Whether one believes executive privilege was properly invoked here, was valid, how broad it was, etc. When a former president or a current president invokes executive privilege, it's presumptively valid, period. You heard it's it not right for there, Congress. To it is presumptively valid, presumptively valid. Steve Bannon coming in hot as always. His attorney, David Schoen, doing a great job. Evan Corker doing an amazing job. You're going to be hearing a lot more on this case, a lot more information will be coming out, and uh, it appears sentencing is set for late October. So uh, a lot of developments going to continue. But here's the most important part. As, as Stephen K. Bannon, the honey badger, said right there, he's going to continue to stand with President Trump and the Constitution. And that shows you exactly the kind of fight that MAGA has. Let's bring back Jim Marchant. Jim, a candidate for Secretary of State of Nevada, the, the, one of the key members of the Secretary of State Coalition. Your response to what happened, the miscarriage of justice in Washington, D.C. today. Uh, that's exactly what it was, uh, Boris. And that's exactly why we're fighting uh, the way we are. Um, I, I never in my wildest dreams would ever have thought we would be where we're at in America today. So uh, that's exactly why I'm fighting. And, you know, I'm, I'm getting um, attacked also. And I get death threats every day. I get hate mail every day. But you know what? Uh, our founders did too. And we're not going to be deterred. I guarantee you. I'm going to fight uh, just like uh, Steve is. Uh, it only emboldens me more when I see him fighting like he is and uh, couldn't be more proud to stand uh, stand by, by him. That's really well said, Jim. And we are we are proud of you. We're proud of your fight out there in Nevada and your work with the Secretaries of State Coalition. Again, uh, Memphis has put up SOS4America.com. Folks, a lot of great stuff for there. Go check it out. SOS, the number four, America.com. Very important. Jim Marshall, yep, give us your go. coordinates. How can people find you? Yeah, and that website right there and go to the shop tab and buy some hats and, and shirts. And of course, uh, feel free to donate too. Uh, we do not have a George Soros behind us and this money will be well spent to uh, support all of our MAGA uh, secretaries of state candidates. And we have others. We've got uh, Governor of Pennsylvania, Mastriani. We've got uh, Governor Rantham in, in uh, uh, Wisconsin and others. We've got some a uh, couple of congressmen there that uh, we're going to support because they're MAGA just like we are and they believe in, in our values. So uh, uh, SOS4America.com. And then, of course, my website, my campaign uh, needs funding also, uh, JimMarchant.com, J-I-M-M-A-R-C-H-A-N-T.com. And uh, we can use all the support we can get. And uh, we're going to take back our country, I guarantee you. You heard it right there. We're going to take back our country. Jim Marshall, thank you so much. God bless and Godspeed. Keep fighting. Go get him. We'll talk to you soon. God bless you, Boris, too. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jim. We'll talk to you soon. Let's move right along. to President Trump is in Arizona this evening. There's going to be a hot rally. He, a, lot, a lot of topics to cover. A lot of information coming out on 
everything from the stolen election of 2020, now we know what's happening in Wisconsin, to the absolutely debilitating, destructive actions taken by the Biden regime on everything from the gas prices to inflation to foreign affairs and the anniversary of the disaster in Afghanistan is coming up. And President Trump is going to be talking about vital candidates, Blake Masters, Carrie Lake. He just endorsed Eli Crane for Congress there in Arizona. Another candidate running uh, for statewide office, superintendent of, of public instruction, which really is secretary of education, Shiri Sapier. Shiri, how are you? Thanks for joining us. I'm doing great, Boris. How are you? Good, good, doing well. Well, you're you're out there somewhere, probably on your way to the rally. What's going on in Arizona? How's the heat? Oh, it's hot. We're in Prescott right now. The rally's in Prescott Valley. That's why I'm in this old-fashioned hotel talking to you, and then we're going to head out. I hear there's thousands of people waiting already. Uh, Prescott is a little cooler than Phoenix, but we're at 92 degrees today, so it's going um, to be hot getting in there. Well, talk talk to us about the MAGA heat that you're bringing. What is going on with your race? Where does it stand? What are the issues you're focusing on? So I'm running for uh, superintendent of public instruction. That's to head the Department of Education. Right now we have a liberal in that office that has really uh, driven down the education in Arizona to the ground big time in the last three and a half years. We've seen the deterioration in education for decades in this country, the dumbing down of the American people is real. But we have to put a stop to it. As parents, I have three young children, and we can't have mega if or if we don't have education. If we continue to teach our children to hate this country uh, and, and, and hate everything that has to do with American exceptionalism and patriotism, then we're not going to have good representatives and good judges when this is all over. This is why education is key. That's why I decided to run for this office. We need to bring the change we want to see. We need to make sure that our children understand the beauty of this country. And again, it's not about being a Republican. It's not about being a Democrat. It's about being a human being in a country. What's the reason to hate this country? What is it done so wrong? I mean, there are so many really bad countries out in this world, and there's not this disdain that we see towards the flag, towards the anthem. So uh, I'm going to bring that back. It's really important to work with uh, Carrie Lake, who may be our next governor. She endorsed me. I'm gonna we're gonna, we're gonna do some great things together because uh, this is our time to save this country. It is our time. There's no doubt about it. Do you think there's still time to save our country? Is there still time to do the right thing? Is there still time to fight in the way that we have to fight? There's always time. You know, everybody could have given out in Nazi Germany. Everybody could have given out, you know, uh, back in 1776. We, we have to believe that if you fight hard enough, you will win. And uh, not fighting is not an option because if we're going to go down, we might might as well go down fighting. I do believe the window of opportunity is closing and it's closing quick, especially when the indoctrination is so massive in our schools. And that is why that's a very important place to start. And uh, there's no better place to be in this world. So Americans need to wake up and do everything they can to preserve this country because I don't think anybody wants to go anywhere else when this is all said and done. Even all the celebrities who say they're gonna leave if Trump wins and everything else, they're still here. So. Um, why not preserve what we have? And uh, we have to be people, you know, we have to have faith. We, we can't give up and we won't. Sherry, what does the race look like? It's coming up, it's a little bit a little bit over a week, about 10 days. What does the race look like for the primary? And then of course you could be looking ahead to the general as long as you, as it long as you win, we're all rooting for you. 
Thank you. It looks really good. You know, I came to the political arena with no political uh, you know, background b- before, but I think this is the year of the parents. This is the year where you, you saw it in Virginia. You see it everywhere. Uh, th- this is going to be the referendum on what has been and ask the parents saying, you know what, you can come and, and, and ma- mess with us, but you can't mess with our children. Our children are too important. We're going to protect them. We're going to defend them. And this is a message that, uh, you know, I think re- resonates with independents and even Democrats. Nobody wanted to have their children at home for a year uh, on, on Zoom classes. Nobody wanted their children to fail epically as they have. I mean, the scores all around the nation and here in Arizona are mind-boggling. And uh, every parent wants what's best for their children. We don't want our children sexualized. You don't have to be a Republican. Again, you really don't have to be a Republican to understand that there's no reason for anybody to talk to your seven or eight-year-old child about their sex and sexuality. So uh, this is what this fight is about. I feel this is a grassroots uh, election. We see that most people actually running in a lot of races are from outside of the the political uh, apparatus. So I think we 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 have a good good thing going here in Arizona. I'm very excited. It's ten days. It's coming up real soon, and I think we're gonna have a real red wave um, flooding. But this is just a primary. The red wave is gonna happen in in November when we go against the Democrats. Shuri running for superintendent of instruction. Shuri Sapir, how can people find you? How can they locate you? What are your coordinates? And what, what is your sign-off message for the War Room Posse as you get on a sprint to the primary on August 2nd? My website is sapiraz.com, S-A-P-I-R-A-Z.com. You can find me on Twitter as well. You know, I really think that we all need to rally behind the idea that Preserving child innocence should be the objective for any uh, decent society. This is what this race is about. This is a race about educating our children, create intellectual environment, and not indoctrination, washing environment. Good for them. We want them to be productive members of our society. We want them to succeed. We want them to 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 win, and we want them to have the American dream in the palm of their hands. It's here, they were born into it or came here for it. We need to make sure that we give them that promise. And this is our responsibility as parents. And well, this is what my campaign is about. It's a children rescue mission, and I'm determined to do everything I can to make sure Arizona kids are as educated, happy, and wholesome as they can be. Sherry Saper, God bless you. Godspeed in this race, in this sprint to the finish. We've been there with you from the beginning, Matt, over a year ago now. And God bless, stay strong, and keep on fighting. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for coming on. Folks, the show's been jam-packed, so much power. Vital day, of course, as the fight continues. Stephen K. Bannon, the Honey Badger, not giving an inch, fighting for President Trump, fighting for, for the Constitution, fighting for America and against the charade, the kangaroo court of January 6th. And what is it all about, folks? Why are the Democrats pushing this? Because they are trying to distract the American people from the disaster that is the feckless Biden administration. And one of the key vital examples of the fecklessness is the terrible situation, the lack of a southern border. Todd Benzman, an absolute expert on the border, is with us. Todd, how are you? Doing well. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Talk to us about what's going on. A, what the status is at the border, and then B, why you've got Muriel Bowser, one of the leftist libs, 
of all time, talking about, oh, this is so bad. How do we fix this? Why are there illegals coming to our to our you know to the cities? What is the really behind this sort of if you think about it, intra-liberal fight? Well, if you have 200,000 illegal immigrants every single month crossing the border and 100,000 of them are being admitted in and another 50,000 every month are getting through the border anyway, eventually they're going to show up in your city and they're going to show up in your homeless shelters and they're going to get onto your public assistance uh, safety network uh, net. And I think what's happening is suddenly they notice that something is happening at the border and are complaining about it uh, in a way that's pretty ironic because they're saying things that sound almost Trumpian, you know, America first, you know, what about our homeless, you know, that sort of thing. But um, it's the greatest mass migration crisis in American history by every single metric. This thing has smashed every illegal immigration uh, record that there is. Uh, and we're looking at 2 million people have flooded in over that southern border and have uh, been routed and diverted to American cities all across the country. I highly doubt that only two mayors are suffering their presence. The rest of them are probably suffering in silence. Uh, they are in all American cities in large numbers. They had to go somewhere. Todd, where does this go, right? Where does this issue go from here? I mean, obviously the Biden administration doesn't want to solve it. Hopefully we've got, we have, you know, the 100 seats, 100 years wins we are all fighting for and are confident in, in November. Then you've got MAGA taking over the House and the Senate in January. But then we're not going to, you know, we're still going to likely have a Democrat in the White House, whether it be, you know, Joe Biden and, and, and whatever's going on upstairs over there, or it's Kamala Harris, which may be even worse, or somebody else. What can be done now? What is the solution? And is anybody doing anything about it? Is it at the state level? Is it at the county and local? What's the solution? I really wish I had good news for you on that. And Come um, on, Todd. Uh, we need some good so, news. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the issue, the, the power lever uh, over illegal immigration goes to one place, and that's the Oval Office. Uh, the... Congress can hem and haw. They can try to, you know, shut down the government. They can hold appropriations over their heads uh, if Republicans were ever to get the, the chambers. But ultimately, it's up to the White House to put the brakes on this thing. And they're not showing any inclination whatsoever to do that. If anything, the Biden administration is uh, adding lanes to the superhighway, a one-way superhighway into the country, uh, just cut a deal with Mexico to um, make sure that everybody that crosses into Mexico gets a seven-day visa straight to the American border. Uh, they cut a deal with the Panamanians that shortened the Darien Gap route, made it easier for more people to come in quicker. And as they say, uh, humanely and orderly is their idea of border security. I just don't see any indication at all that this administration plans to apply any breaks uh, at all on this thing. And, and when, when they lift Title 42, which is the pandemic uh, 
it's the only speed bump. It's the instant expulsion Title 42 policy, uh, which is in by court order right now, but at some point it will be lifted. Uh, we could very easily see another four, uh, 2 million uh, in the next 16 months to make it 4 million. And then by the end of the administration, six and seven million people actually in our American cities, nobody will be able to avoid this. It's going to be obvious everywhere uh, in every city. And then how quickly, you know, say, as we hope and expect, President Trump runs for office and, and runs for presidency and, and walks into the Oval Office, the latest, January 20, 2025. How, what is he going to be faced with when he walks into the Oval Office, you know, two and a half years from now? What is that, what is that disaster going to look like? And what are going to be the solutions on the table at that time? We've got a minute and a half. Right. Well, any Republican who who is headed for the Oval Office is going to have to do one main thing, and that is to increase the risk to a really high level that smuggling money will not pay off with entry and stay. Uh, it will. It will. It needs to be made clear that if you're putting ten thousand dollars in smuggling money down, there's a really good chance that you're going to end up deported all the way back to Africa or the Middle East, or Central America, or South America immediately, that there will be rigorous deportation activity and enforcement of the law. And also, whoever comes into the Oval Office, in addition to doing that, which is hugely important, I believe is going to have to promise to chase down every one of these people that got in, that were let in uh, under the Biden administration. There has to be operations nationwide that tell the rest of the world that if you come in, we are going to catch you and deport you. You're not going to stay. So those there are two is. things. Todd, thank you so much. Vital, absolutely vital information, vital steps. Give the listeners your and the viewers your coordinates. How can people find you? You're putting stuff up all the time that is so important to keeping our country safe. Yeah, I'm at T. Benzman at Getter. Uh, Benzman Todd at Twitter, and uh, my organization is the Center for Immigration Studies, CIS.org. You can read me there. Todd Benzman, thank you so much. Posse, it has thank been an honor to sit in for the one and only Honey Badger, Stephen K. Bannon. He's fighting. He's staying strong. I want to ask all of you to never give an inch, never back up. Stay strong. God bless, and Shabbat Shalom. <laughs>